0: So Tony Robbins has this mantra. He repeats over and over, change your story, change your life. Our minds are powerful machines and the things we tell ourselves can have a profound effect on the quality of our lives. Today I'm going to share seven different mindset shifts that I think will help you get your head around your business. The first one is this in life, there are things that happen to us. And then there are the stories we tell ourselves about those events. As Tony Robbins says, how you think and the way you view the world affects the story you tell yourself. And that narrative can have a profound effect on your business as well. Stick around because I'm gonna break down seven different mindset shifts that can help unlock success. I'll explain how they've helped me in my life, in my business, and then show you how you can apply them to yours. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. Each week, we discuss the tools, tactics, and strategies that will establish you as a leader in your market. That means doing more covers and driving more revenue. So each week we choose a topic, we pick that topic apart, we come up with some key insights by the end, and then we always finish up with an assignment, right? I leave you with a short, actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing some of these ideas that we discuss here on the show. Because as I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. This week's episode is sponsored by the Table Rock QR menu system. Now, without a doubt, these past few months have been a struggle. As as restaurants around the world begin to welcome back patrons, health and safety will be the number one concern. So you have to start thinking about things you never even considered before, like what to do about menus. So instead of wasting money on disposable menus or trying to properly clean reusable ones, restaurant owners all over the country are switching to the Table Rock QR menu system. So you place a QR code at the front door or at your register or even right there on the tables and guests can easily scan and view your menu right there on their smartphone or tablet. The best part is that it allows you to update your menu at any time and it automatically syncs to your pre-existing QR menu code. Plus, you can display up to 10 different menus from just one QR code. So you have a lunch menu, a dinner menu, desserts, a selection of beers, cocktails, even a wine list. This is the simplest, most affordable way to ensure you meet CDC guidelines and provide a safe environment for both your patrons and your staff. Learn more at qrmenusystem.com or you can click the link in the show notes. Big thanks to Jake Grimm, the founder of the company, for his support of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast. We had him on as a guest last week. Really uh, really nice guy, really smart guy. Uh, He's really created something special. So please go check out the uh, QR Menu System. Now, I've been in the hospitality industry for the past 20 years. And in that time, I've learned a lot, right? The smartest way to build a budget. Best practices when it comes to hiring and training new staff, the most efficient way to design a website, the, the smartest way to lay out a menu, the simplest way to fold a napkin. All of us collect these things as we go along, and they make us better, right? I mean, there are skills I've learned that that make me better at my job, but then there are ideas I've internalized that have taken my business to new levels. So on today's show. I wanna share seven different mindset shifts that have fundamentally changed the way I approach my work over the years. These are top-level strategic pivots that will invite you to think about things just a bit differently. And like I teased out in the very opening, the first one has to do with the stories we tell ourselves. So again, mindset shift number one. In life, there are things that happen to us, and then there are the stories we tell ourselves about those events. So the stories we tell ourselves make up our identity, and dictate what we believe we can and cannot do. We internalize those stories, and eventually they turn into beliefs. And no, this isn't something as simple as just seeing the glass half full. It's about understanding why we are the way we are. So we all know this in some way, right? Our, our personalities are a mix of nature versus nurture. We were born with certain qualities, right? So some people are tall, some people are short. Some are introverts, while others are extroverts. But then there are other qualities about our personalities that emerge over time. Our behaviors are molded based on culture, society, upbringing, and and a whole host of other factors. And what Tony Robbins is talking about when he says, change your story, change your life, is that we all have the ability to separate facts from beliefs. So it rained the entire week we were at our beach vacation. Is that a bummer? Sure. But is it personal? Of course not. The weather does its own thing. As far as I know, weather patterns aren't malicious. But how often do we let ourselves get upset by this, right? We start applying other stories to this, right? It always rains on my vacation, or this was my one chance to relax, and even that gets ruined. Baked into that sentence is the premise that everything is ruined. So, of course, vacation would be ruined as well. Eleanor Roosevelt said, life is what you make it, and it's true. If you want it to be an uphill climb, that's what it's going to be. But it doesn't have to be that. You choose the story. So the coronavirus hits and restaurants all over the country are forced to close. What was the story you told yourself about that event? Think to yourself for a minute. this, This is just you right now, right? Did you throw your hands up or did you roll up your sleeves? Tony calls these limiting beliefs, right? If we fail time and time again, we start to internalize this idea that we are a failure. We bounce from job to job to job. We we have to make sure we're framing that the right way. Not that we are a failure, but that maybe we just haven't found the right fit. Another powerful limiting belief is when people say, I'm too young or I'm too old. I'm too young to have the position I really want. I'm too old to change careers. I'm too young to be married. I'm too old to find love. I'm too young to open my own restaurant. I'm too old to open my own restaurant. Happiness, happiness is another limiting belief. So is success. So by separating out the events in our lives from our feelings about those events, we start changing the internal wiring. Happy people are happy because they choose to find joy in their lives. Successful people find success because they choose to see opportunities even in the biggest crisis. And we all have the choice to decide how we feel about the world. Making this change begins through awareness, stopping yourself periodically throughout the day and just taking stock. Drop in and think to yourself, what just happened here, right? Just the facts, ma'am. Then be deliberate about how you react to those. Moving on, mindset shift number two. Shift your focus from product to patron do this and you'll begin operating from a place of generosity and care right so there's a pattern here you may notice the first shift was about being more generous to yourself and this one is about extending that generosity to the patrons you serve now over the years marketers have come at their jobs from really one of two directions right And, and and only one of them is sustainable the first and best and i'll dare say only way is to find a problem that needs solving and then craft a specific solution to that problem, right? That requires us to bring empathy to the table, to get, to get to know our customers and learn what their pain points are. If we can identify a need, we can start figuring out a way to fill that need. Now, the other way though is, is what I see most often in the restaurant industry, and that is you work the other way. You, you create a product and then try to figure out who may want that product. This, of course, is one of the key factors that leads to so many failed restaurants. Someone goes out and opens the restaurant that they want, assuming that there will be an audience for that. It's what I call the field of dreams effect, right? So, of course, you guys remember that movie, right? Came out in 1989, stars Kevin Costner as this Iowa corn farmer, and he hears a voice who says, if you build it, he will come. So he digs up half his crop and lays down a baseball diamond so a bunch of long dead once great ball players can come out and play 9 innings of baseball every night and and the idea is that in time he will be rewarded for that he'll be able to to stabilize the the family's shaky financial fortune okay so it's a nice feel good movie but but the plot is ludicrous right if you saw that on the news you'd say to yourself that guy's crazy for digging up half his land And the same is true with restaurants, right? I see it all the time. Restaurant owners think to themselves, if I build it, they will come. The patrons will come, except they won't. They already have places they know with food they love in dining rooms that have become as comfortable as their own homes. True, some businesses succeed by going this route, but far more are doomed to failure. All of us should get in the habit of approaching our work from the other direction. The first way, shifting our focus from product to patron. And I've said this before, but something I will repeat over and over to my clients is, whose problem are you solving? Figure out who you want to serve, figure out what their problem is, and then, and then craft a solution to that problem. Now, that then leads us to the next one, mindset shift number three. Our guests are not here to solve our problems, we are here to solve theirs. Our problem is that we need revenue. And, and yes, they can solve that problem by coming to Dime with us, to, to give us some of their money. But the only way that'll happen is if we can provide a solution to one of their problems, to, to fill a need. Now, that could be something as simple as we provide a quick and easy way to grab coffee and a, and a breakfast wrap on, on the way to work. Or we may make great pizza that travels well for the community we serve. Or we provide a romantic once-in-a-lifetime experience for couples looking to celebrate a big milestone. But in all of those instances, we've shifted our focus to the patron, to the audience we're looking to serve. Zig Ziglar used to say, you can get anything you want in life as long as you help enough other people get what they want. Now, in many ways, Zig was the godfather of modern marketing, shifting his approach to sales, coming at it from a place of generosity. Now, if you're just looking to close the deal, then you're simply focused on yourself. And by doing that, we miss a key opportunity to get to know the consumer, to understand what their struggles are, and, and to help provide them with a real solution. The best salespeople out there know this, and yet it's lacking from so many restaurants which is odd because we are in the service industry. We take care of people for a living. Isn't it in our best interest to try to understand those people, to to better understand what they want? Now, when you put mindset shift number two and number three together, they both invite us to shift our focus outward, less about what we have, what we do, what we want, and instead, It invites you to focus on who the consumer is and what they need. The very best companies in the world do this, and the very best products exist to fill a need. So take the iPhone, for example, right? So Steve Jobs looked into the future and saw a time when people would need to be connected to the Internet all the time. He created a device that he knew people would need cruise lines have been successful uh, apart from this whole covid-19 crisis but they've been successful because they offer an all-in-one solution for vacationers lodging, food, entertainment and travel all in one. Not not the best entertainment in the world, not the not the best food in the world, not the nicest rooms, but for the kind of person who doesn't want to pack and unpack, doesn't want to have to figure out dinner every single night or, or what to do every day, the cruise lines provide a perfect solution. They offer a certain kind of experience for a certain kind of person, right? The Jersey Shore offers another. The Ritz Carlton offers a totally different kind of experience. Finally then, let's look at this on a smaller scale. So the bodega by my house serves hundreds, maybe even a thousand people a day, simply because they're right next to the subway entrance. Now the owner of that store understood when he opened the store that people are often running late in the morning and will sometimes need somewhere to grab a quick breakfast on the go as they run to catch their train. Now, is it the best food? Nope. Is it quick and convenient? Absolutely. And for a certain kind of person, on a certain kind of morning, this is the answer to their prayers. So remember, our guests are not here to solve our problems, we're here to solve theirs. So whose problem are you solving? Mindset shift number four. Don't just be goals-oriented, be systems-oriented as well. Now, I first heard this idea years ago when Tim Ferriss interviewed Scott Adams on his podcast. For those of you who may be unfamiliar, Scott Adams is an artist and a writer, uh, as well as the creator of the very famous comic strip called Dilbert. And in that interview, Scott was promoting his newest book at the time, and he shared this idea of shifting from a goals-oriented perspective to being more systems-oriented. It goes something like this. All of us have goals in life, and as we strive to reach those goals, one of two things happen. Either we achieve that goal, or we don't. And it struck him as an odd sort of trade, so he shared his vision for an alternate path forward. It's, it's not that goals aren't important, they are. But in everything, we need to also think of the process as well. So for example, losing 10 pounds is a goal Whereas learning to eat right is a system that substitutes knowledge for willpower. So that even if you don't reach your goal, right, maybe you only lose five pounds, you will have put a system in place that will allow you to function better in the future. And maybe then you can set a new goal. So in our business, we set a goal like, I wanna boost business by 20% on Monday nights. So I normally do 50 covers and my goal is to consistently get 60 covers, great. We've talked about this in the past. Concrete objectives are crucial, but then how do we get there? Well, we put a system into place that gives us the best chance of succeeding. And so even if we fail to reach our goal, we will have put a powerful system in place to use in the future. In addition to that, we will have learned a host of new skills throughout the process. Like we established an email communication strategy. We learned how to brainstorm new ideas with our team. We built relationships with new partners in our community. Though we didn't grow 20%, we did grow 10% and we were able to identify a bunch of first-time diners this way. So for me, the the first time I tried my hand at food photography, I figured, okay, maybe the images won't be cookbook quality, but but I'm going to learn a lot about the process just by going through the process, right? So in the end, I was right. It's the same with anything. In fact... I've adopted this way of thinking into my entire life, and I urge you to do the same. Number four, again, don't just be goals-oriented, be systems-oriented as well. Now, mindset shift number five, the oxygen mask metaphor, right? And we talked about this uh, back on episode number 64 when we talked all about The numbers on that episode, I shared a link to get an Excel spreadsheet, a budget template that I built you can use to wrap your head around the numbers in your business. I've included that link once again in the show notes, but but on that episode, I urge you to work backwards, build a budget that will lead to profitability as opposed to building a concept and then struggling to make those numbers work. So you run the numbers and see what it'll take to make the business fly. And if it doesn't work on paper, it sure as hell won't work in real life. And in all of this, I said, don't be afraid to pay yourself. This is a big part of this mindset shift. Again, I call this the oxygen mask metaphor. Remember, we all get the same speech on an airplane every time before we take off. And it goes something like this, right? So the uh, the flight attendant stands up there and, and informs you uh, that in the case of an emergency, the, the air masks will drop down and you're to put on your mask first before you help anyone else. And the reasoning is, That if you're helping your neighbor put on their mask and you pass out and then they pass out, well, then the two of you are both sunk. Meanwhile, if you put on your mask first, then you can help the neighbor to your right, to your left. Maybe you can turn around and help the person behind you. You are more valuable that way. You are not only saving yourself, but it puts you in a position to save many, many other people. That's the oxygen mask metaphor, and it works in the restaurants as well. Take care of yourself, and you'll be in a better position to take care of your staff and your patrons. You'll be a better boss because of it, and in turn, you'll create a better environment, a place where staff will want to work and your customers will want to dine. Mindset shift number six, what are the stories only you can tell? Now, if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that this is part of my five pillars of marketing. You identify your audience, right? You figure out what it is they need. Then you figure out who else is trying to serve that same audience, right? Who is filling that same need? Those are your competitors. And once you know your competitors, congratulations, you've got a category. The key then is to separate yourself from the competition. So, okay, how do you do that? You do that by figuring out what makes you different, literally by figuring out what are the stories only you can tell. Now, I guess in some ways this may seem obvious, but I promise you it is one of the most important points I'm gonna make today. You have to shift your mindset from being simply better than the competition to being different than the competition. Let them judge quality. You just keep pointing out all the ways in which you can separate yourself. So a while back, I used the example of uh, sports bars here in New York City. We have hundreds of them. So how then do you tell one from the other? Well, most of them all sort of blend together, but the good ones understand that they need to find a way to stand out. So Blondies on the Upper West Side is famous for their wings and caters specifically to Ohio State fans. Break Bar in Long Island City has tons of pool tables that patrons can enjoy while they're watching the game. Bounce is an upscale sports bar with kind of a club atmosphere. Boxers is a gay sports bar. Banter Bar in Brooklyn is a, is a soccer-only sports bar. My point is that all of these places stuck their flag in the ground because they knew exactly what they stood for. You need to do the same. Understand who you're serving and what you're serving. Now, that leads us, of course, to the final mindset shift, number seven. We don't sell food. We sell an experience. Yes, we feed people, but that's not the product. If people simply wanted food, they could get a bag of rice and a can of beans and serve a family of four for like three bucks. Not a particularly interesting meal, but it's food. So get that out of your head. It's not about providing sustenance. What we're doing is crafting an experience. Even if that experience is delivering quick breakfast sandwiches to people running to the subway, then be clear about that. Remember, too, that you're charging for more than just food, right? There's the service. I mean, after all, you are serving them. You are preparing the food and then cleaning up after they leave. And then there's the decor, right? Either it's nicer than their home or simply different than their home, but they come to you to get something they can't get in their home. There's the community aspect as well, the, the entertainment aspect. All in all, we are crafting and selling an experience. So start thinking about your restaurant in terms of that. What sort of experience are you crafting? What sort of experience do people expect from you? Why do they come to you instead of another restaurant? And there you have it. The seven mindset shifts that will transform you and your business. I know we've been talking about it a lot. It's unavoidable, but especially these days, as we figure out what the new normal looks like, shifting your mindset can help you get to where you need to go. Your assignment this week is a bit more involved than usual, so I want you to commit to a seven-day plan to shift your mindset. You can start today if you want. Each of the next seven days, I want you to simply work through this list and just do a bit of journaling every day. This is obviously just for you, so keep it somewhere safe, and who cares, at the end of the seven days, throw it out if you want. But each day, I want you to spend just 10, maybe 15 minutes sharing your thoughts on each of these mindset shifts. So day number one, I want you to talk about a limiting belief that you have. What is a story you tell about yourself that may be holding you back? Where does that story come from and how can you shift the narrative and tell a new story? Day number two, make the shift from product to patron. Write down ways in which you can begin focusing in more clearly on your customers. Day number three, and and again, this goes hand in hand with number two, I want you to figure out what your audience needs. What are they looking for when they come to you? What do they need that only you can provide? Day number four, I want you to write down a goal you have, something you want to achieve in the next, let's say three to six months, and then sketch out some ways to achieve that goal, and then brainstorm ways to put a system into place. What are the things then you can learn even if you don't achieve the overall objective? Day number five, the oxygen mask. I want you to figure out the number you want to make next year. If you have a budget, then break it out and start building the numbers to get you where you want to go. If you don't have one, then go download mine. Again, the link is in the show notes. Day number six, I want you to write down 10 stories that only you can tell, things that only your business can claim. And then finally, day number seven, tell me about the experience you're crafting. What is the product you are selling? If you take the time to do that this upcoming week, you will put yourself in a very good position to move forward out of this pandemic. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in. I mentioned this a couple of times, but there is the link in the show notes if anyone still needs to grab that budget template. It's just 50 bucks, a comprehensive interconnected Excel document to track payroll, expenses, revenue, and more. It's perfect for making projections and figuring out how to get where you want to go. To everyone out there who's starting to reopen, I wish you luck. Stay safe, stay creative, and I will see everyone next week.